Welcome to NostalgiaCast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories at a safe distance and give our thoughts. I am your host, who's been practicing social distancing much longer than most, Andrew Price. A plague on both of your Tyler Palos. I am become death, destroyer of Kelby Joseph's. And Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirk Pinchon. All right. How's it going, guys? We're doing it. Loving it. Living Unlo- the uh, quarantine life. Unlike every other time when Kelby asks us how we're doing and says he hasn't seen us in a while, <laughs> which is a total kayfabe because we work together every single day we actually haven't seen each other for a while and i'm genuinely curious about what everybody's doing let's make the rounds what what what, what, let's make the rounds. what have you guys been doing so just for context uh, everybody knows it's a global pandemic we've all been uh, everything's shut down everything's canceled we're all confined to our houses and uh our our office specifically has uh, been working from home since Friday of last week. It is now Thursday. We record on Thursdays. You're going to be hearing this on Monday, so by the time you hear this, we will have basically, we've been in our, confined in our houses for nine days, uh, or at least, yeah. at least I have. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I've, I, I pretty much have not left the house since uh, since Thursday. Uh, we, we've, we've driven to a couple grocery stores and parked out in front while they brought our groceries to us. And uh, we actually, for the first time, uh, really actually left the house yesterday. We went we went to Griffith Park and walked around for a little bit. Uh, but other than that, I've been in here. Uh, I've been out. Uh, uh, I just went jogging this morning because it's nice jogging weather. Uh, we've been out to do exercise stuff and get groceries. Um, once or twice to go get curbside pickup. Uh, I shared an entire cake that I ate in three days with my children, and it's gone, and now I'm sad. And uh, I finally watched Joker. Not bad. Wow. Good. Good. Uh, and good. I watched Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Shout out the to Kelby. Best you finally saw animated Kelby's movie. craft in in action. Oh, that's as, right. As Brooklyn friend number 1. Oh, Kelby, what did you say? What was your line? It's in the um. it's in the very beginning. I mean, a mother uh, I mean, this is this is this is based on what Kelby said, but I can <laughs> I, I can confirm that at least it partial it's at least partially true. Because he is, in fact, credited on IMDb as having voice talent in the movie, and I checked on that. And in the credits, because I have to, movie. I have to substantiate everything that comes out of Kelby's <laughs> mouth. Uh, so he is in the movie, as credited as Brooklyn friend, uh, among other things, according to Kelby. Uh, the one thing that I noticed when I watched the movie again, because I recognized his voice, even though they pitched it up a little bit, but I recognized Kelby's voice in the very beginning. Whenever Miles Morales is uh, is leaving his apartment to go to that new fancy school that he just got enrolled into, um, he walks by a basketball court, 
and a voice that's like coming from off screen that isn't even attached to a person like on screen talking goes like hey Miles how's that fancy new school and that's killed me oh yeah that was my favorite part <laughs> wait thanks <laughs> do they just give you like a bunch of lines that they're just able to place in wherever they want or do they have to keep Kelby as that same person in the animated film or could they just pitch um, it up or down and make him a different character well I think they, so, they, uh, they pitched it up to make him sound younger because it was supposed to be okay. like a teenager like a like a freshman in high school um, the way I the way I did it was, and Kelby sounds um, like a man Yeah, that's it. Um, so the way I did it, they had a script. Um, they had a they had a script. I had like maybe ten lines or something. I had, it was like two or three pages, and I don't know really what happened to those other lines. Um, but after you read the script like three or four times, um, after that they just throw scenarios at you, and they're just like, "Hey, so what if?" Like I actually, to be honest, didn't know it was Spider Man when I was recording it. Um, I just knew it was a Sony animation project and I found out when I walked into the room. So um, they just threw like, hey, so what if like this guy is chasing you? What what would you say? You know, and then they just did that <laughs> for like 10, 10 to 15 minutes and then that was it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're part of history, man. That's awesome. You were great. Yep. You were That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and it is the best, the best animated uh, movie I've ever seen. Definitely. Wow. 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 Yeah. Better than toys. Do you mean the first of all the <laughs> Richard Pryor movie? Yeah. No, wait. The, 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 no, I'm the sorry. The Robin movie. Williams movie. <laughs> oh, Robin Williams movie. Yeah, that's what I. Mean. Soundtrack by Wendy and Lisa. Wait a minute. Sorry, it's wait really? A minute. Wait a minute. So yeah, so the the Robin Williams movie where he he's like his family owns like a weird toy company. That that movie's called Toys. Is the Richard Pryor Correct. movie also called Toys, or is it called The Toy? It's called The Toy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was wrong. It's called The Toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, uh, I thought but you, that's what I've I been doing. You just pointed out a thing that I that I never realized before that those movies have oh. the same name. But yeah, it's The Toy. No, The Toy. No, the movie, um, the the <laughs> family, the family kids movie, starring Richard Pryor, one of the most like, uh, like explicit stand-up comedians of all time and also there's a joke where the little kid his last name is Bates so his butler calls him Master Bates Master Bates I love that it's comedy gold comedy, comedy gold, gold. Mm, but Kelby what have you been doing I'm triggered oh me um well I've been watching a lot of um 24 hours to hell and back um uh, it's a very good show where Gordon Ramsay goes to failing restaurants and yells at them. So that's very good. Um, I've been doing at-home workouts. Now he has to do it over um, Skype. Like this. Yeah. that's Yeah, he does. And um, I've just been um, finding these at-home workouts. I've been making food and writing. And that's about it. And trying to Trying to sell stuff. Still working. Still working. <laughs> yeah, still doing our jobs. <laughs> yeah. uh, Facts, no email. What? Oh, fax. Facts, no email. <laughs> yeah. 
It's inside joke accounting. Yeah, I, yeah, I, got I, uh, you. I I've been I've been spending my quarantine time looking up what inside jokes are and how to make them. <laughs> uh, I also just like have not been working out at home. When I told myself every day, I tell myself every day, it's 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 a twelve minute workout that I do, and I don't I don't do it. I don't do it. I do it. That's got to do it. It's yeah. <laughs> I've uh, been writing a small sketch series for me and my girlfriend where uh, we're coming back from a camping trip, kind of like Jared Leto, where we were just gone uh, off the grid and then we get in a huge fight and uh, we end up having to be quarantined together after a huge fight. And it's just like the, the, what are the seven stages of grief, but in quarantine. So that's what oh, we're yeah. doing. Nice. All right. All right. I've been writing that exact same thing, so I guess it's <laughs> for, just for me and my girlfriend. No, I guess, so I guess it's just whoever makes it first at this point. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, shit! Competition. This is that improv comedy thing all over again. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, a funny thing that I've uh, that I've uh, noticed that I kind of uh, funny enough, like, kind of anticipated. So as this thing starts to settle in so your first thoughts when these things happen go to like oh i you know i'm, I'm not gonna be able to go to work so we're gonna work from home and oh we're gonna we need to get some groceries we need to figure out a way to do this without like exposing ourselves to a lot of people so you know we can order things online those the, the immediate needs are the first things that occur to you but then after that after you've gotten used to it and you've already kind of taken care of those then the other sort of implications of this start to occur to you uh, at least to me. So one of the things that I started thinking about was uh, when are uh, stand-up comedians and improv groups and sketch comedy groups going to start doing live streams where they're doing improv scenes together over Skype? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, when is that going to happen? It's only a matter of time. And then literally, like, the next day... Uh, my friend shared with me uh, that like stand-up comedy comics were doing like open mics over over live stream, and then like oh a day later, uh, somebody reached out to me asking for advice on how to set up a, a live stream uh, with multiple people to do an improv show on Facebook. Oh my god! Uh, and now they're popping up everywhere, uh, and I was like, yeah, it's only a matter of time before this starts happening. Um, yeah, go I mean, in Chicago, live. they're ah! not going to go now on the internet. Wow. Yeah, they're trying to do theater <laughs> live streaming now in Chicago. Kelby, I Stuff support like the that. arts, Joseph. I have a question. Where's the lie, though? <laughs> Where's the lie? My question is, how is Bane handling all of the God coronavirus? Nah, come uh, on, man. Don't do that. Well, on, I'm curious to how Bane is doing. I'm not, he's not sure yet because the water isn't low enough in the... <laughs> In the he'll be coming around the mountain soon enough. <laughs> All right. When when Bane wakes up, and roll him out of bed and ask him how he's dealing with the coronavirus. All right. So uh, before we get to the stories, uh, talk talk a little talk a little um, coronavirus. I mean, most of these stories are about coronavirus anyway, or in some way related to it, but. Uh, talk about some coronavirus damage control uh, and how it relates to uh, nostalgia and nostalgic things. So 
So first of all, the first thing is, uh, it is being uh, reported by financial analysts that there is a strong possibility that the effects of the coronavirus outbreak, global pandemic on the stock market might put Apple into a position to buy Disney. And the reason for that, <laughs> uh, so for this, so to go over this, so if you thought Disney was the king of the castle after acquiring 20th century, 20th century Fox last year, you might want to sit down. After the stock market has started on a slippery downward slope as a direct result of the coronavirus crisis, by the way, we're all sitting down already. Everybody, you literally don't need to say that to anybody. Um, uh, on uh, One Wall Street analyst suggests a company the size of Apple could swoop in and buy Disney as its stocks continue to fall. In a letter to clients Friday, uh, Rosenblatt Securities' Bernie McTiernan suggested that Tim Cook-led company could make a reasonable bid for Bob Chapnick's Disney now that shares of the latter have slipped 36% since January. Uh, we believe those with long-time horizons, like mega-cap companies with large cash balances and whose equity outperformed Disney over the last three weeks, like Apple, could take advantage of the, uh, of the volatility. Uh, the upside for acquiring Disney would be securing their content streaming strategy and potential synergies from adding the emerging Disney ecosystem to the iOS platform. Um, and this is not without precedent, and the, kind of the reason why people are saying this is because... Um, Basic, oh, so so the notion isn't something that's new. After Disney ended up buying Pixar in the mid-2000s, uh, and if you don't know, historically, um, Steve Jobs uh, used to be, I think, the CEO of Pixar. Uh, or at least he was just on the... He was, he was, he was a big uh, figure on the chairman of the board. Or he was a big figure on the board of Pixar, at least. I forget exactly if he was CEO or not. Um, so Steve Jobs became the, the largest shareholder of the House of Mouse whenever Pixar was acquired. Uh, in fact, he even had a seat on the board of the company. In Bob Iger's memoir he released last September, the former Disney, Disney uh, CEO suggested the company companies might even have already merged if Jobs were still alive. Uh, uh, Jobs died due to complications of pancreatic cancer in 2011. Uh, he said in the book, if Steve were still alive... We would have combined our companies, or at least discussed the possibility very seriously. So uh, basically, there was a point, uh, you know, years and years ago, where there was a large possibility that Disney and Apple could uh, would have merged because of Steve Jobs' influence uh, of of you know being a large uh, uh, shareholder in both Apple and Disney, and sort of just wanting that deal to happen. And the only reason why it kind of didn't happen was because he died. Um, so this is kind of like this weird thing that has a precedent, and now with uh, with Disney's stocks plummeting because of the uh, the pandemic, um, there's a possibility that uh, Apple could just be like, "Hey, remember how you all those jokes and memes about how Disney is just like becoming rule of the world? Never mind, it's us." Uh, first of all, it's one guy. It's one stockbroker, stock analyst saying it. So it's not like it's a big buzz around. Yeah, there's a precedent, but it's one guy from one firm saying it. Wasn't Jesus Christ only one guy, Kirk? I'll do that. That's actually... Uh, it, 
in the fictional book, the Bible. <laughs> oh my God! Whoa. I've never even I've never even seen you go go out there like that. I, n- I never even Look, I never even <laughs> seen you go in on the Bible like that. <laughs> the coronavirus has changed me, yeah. and now Kelby's mad at me. What oh, kind shit. of God would do yeah, this to do us? You do what you do. You do what you do. I um also with all the Disney has bought so much stuff and so many companies that it for it to be bought it would have to be like yeah something had to go south yeah something had to go real bad so it's not bad yet that I mean obviously Apple has the ability to but that doesn't mean Disney's gonna be like oh yeah I'm gonna that's a great idea Disney's got you know a lot of different properties and a lot of different hands and a lot of different you know pies so I'm not really sure that they're going to be like oh yeah we'll we'll do that it's just some stock guy stock guys are wrong stock guys are wrong Kurt. I, it just seems dangerous to let one company have that much yeah power I mean, that, would, over that would be insane see that would be yeah, I mean that is like but like oh, again if you such go, a monopoly if you, if you follow the branches back to the, it, there's like three three families that own everything right not to get too conspiracy theory like, like the godfather I, no i just mean like broadcasting networks like the 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 nationwide uh viewer viewer screen i feel like there are three companies that that, that are controlled by three families and they all own everything that are oh no the government is silencing <laughs> us oh my god oh no it's because is it because i said the bible thing yeah, that's, that's why. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you. I don't know. <laughs> you're. Yeah, I mean, yes, there are there are uh, there are a few limited top one percent uh, companies that control a lot of the media, but uh, let's not get into that because some some of that uh, some of that like families that control the media stuff can get into like mm. kind of anti-Semitic territory. So. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> that's why I was like, I don't want to get into the conspiracies of it all. I just, yeah, There's all it, the, it's the basic, it's the basic principle that, uh, like the twenty per twenty eighty thing, like twenty percent of the people hold eighty percent of the power is the idea. Yeah, uh, and then so another thing is, uh, and I find this endlessly fascinating. Um, so as uh, some of you might know, um, over this past week, as the sort of. Uh, as the as the pandemic has sort of gotten more and more serious in the minds of the public and the government, and as people have been more and more encouraged to uh, practice social distancing and not go out of their houses and things like that, um, some companies have been doing some things to, uh, you know, try to try to extend a bit of an olive branch towards people, uh, you know, to give them things to. Uh, Occupy their time while they're you know sitting in their houses, and uh, one of those things is um, some a few movie studios because you know basically uh, over the last couple of days, uh, movie theaters have gone from uh, just being something that people are starting to actively avoid and not go to as often for obvious reasons to actually being mandated uh, by the government to start. Uh, you know, selling 50% of their seats out so that, you know, they're basically selling half as many tickets for a screening and then people are required to be sitting, you know, a certain number of seats away from each other to at this point just all being completely shut down. So, you know, movie theaters have all 
pretty much shut down. Um, so some movie studios have sort of taken it upon themselves to, uh, you know, make the unprecedented move of um, releasing some of their movies uh, for streaming that are either uh, still in theaters or um, have just come out in theaters. So the first one that I read about was uh, Universal uh, what, uh, made um, two of their movies available to stream, uh, The Hunt and Invisible Man. Uh, both of which had just had just come out in theaters. So these are movies that just came out in the theater like as of last week, and they can now be rented on uh, streaming platforms to watch. And then they also said that they were going to do the same thing for Trolls World Tour, the new Trolls movie, um, which hasn't even come out yet, and they're, all, and they're already going to release it. So um, excited for that movie. Yeah. Can't wait. And then... Um, and. Uh, and then also, um, uh, whatever, I forget, I forget which movie studio uh, released it, but um, that, that movie we talked about uh, several episodes ago, we watched the trailer for it, uh, um, Bloodshot. Bloodshot? Is that, it? Uh, Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's, it's Bloodshot. Is that the, yeah. the, the Vin Diesel one? Blanking on, Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah, it's, it's the Vin Diesel Terrible. movie. But for some, yeah, Bloodshot. I don't know, I don't know why Bloodshot <laughs> sounded... You ever, you ever like say something and you're like, does that sound right? Yeah. Um, we watched the trailer for it. So we yeah we watched the trailer for it on on this show, um, and so that came out this week, and it bombed harder than uh, you could even imagine. And we're actually gonna uh, let's see. So so Bloodshot came out, and did I put that? Is that a story or is that just? In, yeah, no, it's not a story. It's it's just in here. Um, so, where is it? Bloodshot came out, and over the weekend, it made. I, I it's somewhere in here, but I th I think it made eight million dollars. Um, that's way low. Yeah, uh, on a, on a on a budget of like I think forty eight million. I'm trying to I'm trying to find where this says this. I know I wrote this in here. Wait, grossed or the real numbers? What the hell? Control F. Drop an F in the chat, boys. Um, for okay, never mind. Kelly, you look <laughs> never mind. Kelly, I don't want to really get into the details now because it's a story that I have in our actual news. Um, oh. But but so so <laughs> blood, Bloodshot came out over the weekend and it bombed, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, but. Um, and so now they're going to make it available for streaming um, immediately uh, because just nobody was going to the theater. So every like I, I think the box office um, did, did did your assistant just hand you something? <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. I was like that was definitely the body language of like somebody's assistant. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Namaste. 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 Um, but uh, but so they're make, they're making it available for streaming. I, I think the box office like dropped by like forty percent uh, this week, and it's like the worst it's been in in twenty years. I think is the I think is the mm -hmm. the number. Um, uh, so um, 
So I thought they were going to offer Emma too. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of movies. Movie there's, there's a bunch of movies that yeah. they're going to offer to to stream. Um, and so basically, the story on these is they're putting these movies out, and it's going to cost like twenty bucks to rent it. And my initial reaction to that when I first read about it, when it was like, oh yeah, because my initial reaction was they were going to release the Hunt and the Invisible Man, and I really want to see the Invisible Man. Um, and it's almost kind of like better in a way for me because I don't get to go to the movies a lot because we have kids. So it's just like, you know, going to the movies is like a hundred dollar night because you have to pay for the tickets, but you're also paying for the babysitter. So it's like, we don't, we don't go to the movies a lot. Uh, so it's almost kind of like, Oh, like I actually get to see a movie I want to see. Um, but then my, my second reaction was like a sticker shock of like, but I'm not going to pay $20 to rent a movie. Um, Exactly. Isn't that weird? Exactly. Um, but I mean, it's slightly understandable because they're releasing it while, like, in in place of it being in theaters. So it's obviously going to be a little bit more expensive because you think about like movies when they come out to rent and they're and you know it it costs like whatever, you know, back in the day when you go to a movie uh, a video store and it would cost like whatever three bucks to rent a movie back in the nineties. Uh, probably at this point it probably costs like five to seven bucks to rent a movie if you were getting it from a video store to rent a movie through streaming that's that's usually around how much it costs like seven to ten bucks to rent a movie but you know it's because the movie's already been out in theaters um people have already had a chance to go to the theater and see it so now they're just putting it out on video so it's going to be cheaper but you know if they're if they're just directly releasing a video uh, a movie um uh, to streaming without it being in theaters, it's obviously going to be a little bit more expensive. So it's a little bit more understandable. And also secondarily, um, it almost kind of is unfairly weighted towards families because if you're just a lone person, if you're just like, if you live by yourself and you want to see a movie, then, you know, your option is to go to a theater before they were shut down for like 14 to $20, depending on times and types of theaters and whatever. Or paying $20 to watch it at home, which feels like a ripoff. But if you're a family, if you have a husband and a wife, or a husband and husband, wife and wife, whatever, um, and <laughs> Kelby's, Kelby's like double take to that. Um, uh, and, and then like kids, if, like, like let, let's say like, even even husband and wife, e- sorry, even <laughs> even a couple Partners. spouses. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're going through trying times. I'm in a, I'm in a lot of stress right now. I, I don't I don't have time to be woke. All um, right, calm down, Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, but that's if, worse than my even, Bible. Even thing. if you're just a couple, you can say you can you can already say like okay, so you're actually drinking a. Re- I thought that was a joke. You're drinking Corona. <laughs> Did you buy them on clearance or something? Um, I did. I did buy my clearance. <laughs> um, even if you're a couple, uh, you're you're, you know, considering the fact that like oftentimes movie tickets cost like twenty bucks, you're already getting a movie for half price. And then if you have a family, if you have four people in a family, uh, two kids that are old enough to go to a movie theater, then you're getting a family movie night for a for a steal because you're getting four movie tickets for the price of twenty bucks, which is like. Which is probably like a quarter of the price you'd be paying if you're going to the theater. Not to mention snacks and stuff like that. You go to the movies with a family, like you can pay upwards of like two hundred dollars sometimes. Um, so it's kind of unfair. 
unfairly weighted towards like couples and and families and if you're just a person living on your own uh first of all uh you know god bless you uh, I, uh <laughs> you're, you're going through some stuff right now um yeah <laughs> but uh but also you know you're 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 kind of not getting a great deal on doing this um it's still even that being said it still feels a little expensive to me um because it's just like we're so used to uh renting things on streaming being so cheap that like a 20 dollar streaming movie that you're renting and you don't even get to own feels crazy uh yeah it does it, it <laughs> mentally it's hard to wrap it around because you're just like 20 bucks yeah. and yeah. also you're like it's it's movies right now that for some people they might be like yeah i guess i kind of see it because i'm stuck at home social distancing i've got nothing to do but then you're like am i gonna pay 20 bucks for the hunt yeah but you know it's a tough decision but the big- they don't even let you like keep it like it's just a rental no it's a rental it's a rental i mean it, yeah. i mean think about it like this uh like i said I, I it still feels very expensive to me but think about it like this you go to the movie theater you uh you pay twenty dollars to just watch the movie and leave you know it's 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 no different yeah. than that in fact it's even a little bit more lenient because when you rent a movie you have like you have like 30 day i mean i don't know if that'll be the same thing for these but a typical streaming rental, you have 30 days to start watching it from the time that you purchase it or make the rental. And then once you actually watch it, you have 48 hours to watch it as much as you want. So you can watch it multiple times within the span of 48 hours if you, for whatever reason, wanted to do that. <coughs> um, I'm not, I don't have coronavirus. I have something caught in my throat. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Kelby is just provide. Uh, Kelby's facial expressions are just even more focused on now that you know, there's a yeah. camera pointed on him at all times. <laughs> yeah, he is the audience. Though. And also, he's got the he's got like the dynamic mic that he's holding, so he just he almost he looks like he's just like a he's got like a stand up. He's got like an earthquake yeah. vibe going on about him, <laughs> or like a Steve Harvey vibe. Um, so but the other more important aspect of the story uh that's really fascinating this is the thing that i'm fascinated by is so i was reading an article before this even happened that was talking about how um a lot of things are going to change permanently and that every time a global thing like this happens it changes our society in some um some uh irrevocable way uh, and there, there's been a lot of like economic and uh, crisis, crises and things that have happened in the past that have temporarily altered uh, everyday life, but then had a permanent impact on the way that we live our lives. And that the article was basically talking about there's a lot of things that are going to possibly permanently change long after the the coronavirus thing has has uh, has has gone through its course, has run its course. Uh, and it kind of speculated, like, you know, a lot of companies, you know, after having, you know, after having to uh, do, like, remote working uh, for several months might realize that it's actually better for them. And there might be, like, a mass adoption uh, of remote working for companies that have the ability to do it. <coughs> Schools, after having been forced to do online schooling for months... 
uh, they some schools might start realizing that it's actually better and more economic for them, and they might start a mass adoption of online schooling for public schools. Um, a bunch of other things. One of the things that this uh, focuses on is when when these when these studios start making these movies available to rent um, and actually own, like with Bloodshot, um, they're making it available to to stream for twenty bucks, but for $20, you get to own the movie. So it's not even renting it. You can own Bloodshot right now for $20. Or not right now. I think it's coming out in April or something. But when it comes out, you can you can buy it for 20 bucks and own it. So if once these the, once these studios start doing this more and more and it's gonna it's gonna start to happen more and more. Uh, we could get to a point where every movie just starts getting released um, online if if the theater closures just continue on for months like otherwise like what is the what is the the movie industry going to do uh, aside from start releasing their movies online uh, and if and if they see a positive uh reaction to that if they start if they see a lot of people um spending their money on that and they see the profits that where they need to be there's a possibility that this could completely change the landscape of movie distribution forever. Like, this isn't just a thing of like, oh, temporarily, while uh, movie theaters are shut down, movie studios are going to release movies to stream, and then we'll just do that, and then once uh, the, the pandemic has run its course, we reopen everything, we reopen the theaters, and everything goes back to normal. This is like a thing where like this could just completely change forever. <laughs> Uh, the 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 you know the 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 worst case scenario or the furthest logical conclusion is that it could completely just kill the movie theater industry, which has been on its last legs for a long time anyway. And movie theaters could just go away whenever movie whenever movie studios start to learn like oh like this actually makes more sense to us and it's more economically viable to just put these movies out streaming immediately and just completely shift our distribution model to a. Uh, a, a day and date streaming on the same day that it's released in theaters uh, and slowly phasing out theaters. That could, that could happen. Um, but, you know, that's the furthest extreme. But at the very least, it's going to start showing studios that, um, that streaming day and date is an, a viable economic strategy and they're going to start shifting more towards doing that to some capacity. Um, and it could still have this very uh, permanently changing effect on uh, distribution for movie studios where they start to release things streaming day and date um, to some capacity, whether it's temporarily or start streaming things sooner. So whereas like in the past, like movies come out in theaters and then after like, after like three or six months or whatever it is, it changes from movie to movie depending on the popularity. Uh, after you know, after three to six months, then it's avail made available to rent on, on on streaming. It could change to where movies are released in theater and then released for streaming like a couple weeks after they come out in theaters. Like whatever the actual details of it are, however it shakes out, this could very likely and very probably have a complete uh, permanent effect on movie distribution. I mean, it could, because like you said, it always kind of felt like it, it's possibly going that way. 
Um, I could also almost see a scenario where it's how the music industry is, where everything's streamed now, but... Yeah, that's my family walking by. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where it's, it feels creepy because you have the you know, background blurred, so it's just like you have like creepy grudge creatures, like just, <laughs> oh yeah, just going back and forth behind you. They're going to I, eat me later. Yeah, I like how uh, I can they, see everyone else's faces, and I can only see Theo from his stomach up, like <laughs> yeah, from his stomach yeah. down. I mean, because he's so tall, because yeah. he'll kill you. But like maybe it's that scenario, which would be really interesting to me as well, where it's like. New movies get streamed, and then there's more like uh, second run. There's more second run houses. There's more like vintage houses, kind of like used music stores, which are always big, and people selling and buying vinyl. Where they're like, okay, the big new movies are going to be streamed, but then there'll be second run, which are cheaper, and then there'll be you know classics that are rerun in these big uh, theaters that are now empty. So uh, hopefully they still find a way, because it would suck if there's just abandoned movie houses everywhere you go that's just sad yeah no, it's depressing be- or they're turned into you know uh you know houses changs houses no would, that's not i a would thing. buy a movie theater as a house so quick 100 percent. i would buy a movie theater as a yeah. house and we could all live in it in a different auditoriums <laughs> we just, i'm excited I, we would be like we would just be Kelby. we would be kings <laughs> On the top of a, a mountain, if if we if yes. I bought the the AMC sixteen theater in Burbank, and we just lived in it as a mansion, oh my god, how cool would that be? You guys are nerds. <laughs> yeah, we, whatever, we, Andrew. We got I the next have a big hard idea. Time. <laughs> I will have a hard time um, with the Uh-oh. whole streaming process because it's hard for me to watch movies. Like it's hard for me to watch movies at home. So I enjoy going to the movies. I like the experience. So if it was just all streaming, I would probably watch like 75 to 85% less movies than I watch now. Uh, Kelby, would you say you have struggled? You mean just because you don't like watching them at home? Yeah. It's not a vibe you like? No, I don't like it. And I can fall asleep and I get easily disinterested and I can get on my phone and all that stuff. It's just like, you know, yeah. I don't really get a chance to really pay attention to it. You could, mm-hmm. you could be right, and may, and maybe that is, and you just stick to that, and you just really, this happens, and then you just stop watching movies. But I would argue that you're talking about your behavior now in the current way that things are, or at least not now, because things are very different now, but before. And I think it would be very highly likely if this really did happen. And like, let's say just the most extreme example, movie theaters just went away. They became a thing of the past. And they just didn't exist anymore. And the only way to watch movies is to watch them um, just at home on your TV. I think over time your behavior around movie watching would change. I mean, we're kind of already oh, there, sorry. though, to be honest. We're kind of already there. There's there's Netflix originals, Amazon originals, Hulu original movies that come out. And there are times where I see a trailer and say, oh, that looks really good. And then I see it's only coming out on streaming. And I just immediately say, oh, I'm not going to watch that. So, you know, Do you- like I, it's just it's really hard for me to watch movies at home. Like I can literally sit and stare at my TV screen just being black and be fine <laughs> it, like i i wouldn't even turn it on like it's it's yeah why do you have why i enjoy the race into it i don't i don't understand yeah. 
Oh, well, then I will let my TV stay Mexican. (laughs) 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 There you go. Do you think it's it's the fact that it's available in your house, or do you think it's the fact that you got a weak-ass entertainment system? (laughs) I just... Hurtful. I mean, I, I'm a person that went three years without turning on my television, you know, so I Whoa. like wow. I I just don't enjoy it. I don't like being at home watching something like that. Like, I know it's made for a large screen with the sound to be all right. like I just enjoy the experience. So to me, I just like that. And then you're sitting on a couch and you get comfy and it's just eh, it's not so it's not the same. Yeah, I, I wonder. I, I, don't, if I don't think your I don't think your experience is typical, though. I th- I think that a lot of people like watching things at home. I can yeah, see no, that I too. Mean, they definitely do. Yeah, I think there's a scenario. This is though the real optimistic scenario of like things go back to normal, and it's kind of like there's this big burst of like everyone just needs to get out of their home. And they want to get out and they want to experience life. And that's an opportunity where theaters can be like, we're open for business. Come see a movie that you haven't been able to see in eight weeks. And people just like want to do stuff. And then there's this big influx of, of money going towards theaters because people have been stuck at home isolated for so long. Yeah, I yeah, definitely that, think that, that, that very that's well will happen. Because we're burning ourselves so. out on the streaming at, at home thing right now, you know, like after a while watching something at home, like, you know, we're stuck at home. So I'm sure we're just watching everything. And uh, after a while, you're just going to say, man, I want to go do something else. Like even if it's just to go watch, watch more things, but with more people, you know, But yeah. all, all I see on Facebook is is is. Uh, people's ability to simultaneously adapt to what they have to do, but constantly complain about it as if they aren't adapting. I see people post like, I was already social distancing for the first 23 years of my life. This is nothing to me. And then immediately post, this is killing me. All I need is toilet paper. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, those yeah, are I, two different things. I know we're 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 getting way into a rabbit hole on this. We haven't even gotten to the stories yeah. yet. But I, <laughs> but I think the reason for that, all 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 of my joking aside, of like the thing I said in the intro, and and I've said similar things to what you're saying right now. Uh, all joking aside, though, Ooh, uh, there is a there is a difference between um, just being a homebody who likes to sit around and maybe likes to watch a lot of TV. <laughs> and isn't very you know social doesn't like to go out and socialize a lot has you know social anxiety to the point where they just don't really like going out a lot there's a difference between that and the like identity stripping nature of just not having the option of going anywhere hanging out with anybody interacting with anybody like it really kind of like makes you it, it really kind of like when you when you've really stripped that all away and you're like I can't go to work, I can't do a podcast, I can't whatever, I can't go do these improv shows that I always do. I can't go to dinner with my friends every week like I always do. Once all those things have been stripped away, you really kind of are left with like being like who am I? Like without all those things like who am I as a person? It's kind of like a strange existential feeling where once you've had all of your ability to like 
do things outside of your house stripped away, you start just questioning your identity. Like, who am I without any of those things? Who, who's the real <laughs> Tyler <animal>? left. <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just bailed. He's like, you know what? This is too much. It's too much. Oh my God, Tyler! So there. It's all. I mean, it's all. It's not bad, you know. It's all good. I wish they let us go to the gym or something, but I mean, I mean, going to the all... gym would be the worst possible thing you could do. That's like the yeah. Worst. I mean, what I mean aside to say from is a like, hosp- aside from a hospital, that is the worst place you could go right now. Yeah. Now, what I mean is, like, I wish that, like, there was a scenario where we could go to the gym. Like, you know, let's say. We had to still be here, but not in the corona situation. But, I mean, overall, it's still fine. I think a month from now, we'll find out really how everybody feels. You know, because right now, the jokes are still flying, and everybody's still cool. Some people are hoping to be, um, you know, sequestered away at home. Um, And some people are still working, you know. And and it's a real scary time for people who, like, don't work online or, you know, can't do any of the stuff that we do. So, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I think I think we could all we could all be fine and solve this in a day if we just all started living like Ethan Hawke in Gattaca. Every, That's your reference. Every morning, every single morning, just a rigorous regimen of just meticulously cleaning ourselves, stripping away any of the dead skin, anything that could fall off our bodies to leave a DNA trace anywhere, just every single morning, get up our immune systems by doing a lot of exercising, and we could walk out of the house and nobody would get sick because we'd all, you know, we just we wouldn't be able to transfer anything. You're the one in that scenario. Showering. Yeah, but in that scenario, don't we have to uh, steal someone's identity? Yes. Huh? <laughs> so we're good with that too. Yeah. I okay. Um, <laughs> you don't yeah, want I'm it. definitely stealing. I'm definitely kids. stealing Kurt's identity. Um, so okay, so first story. We're, and we're I, all stealing Kirk. And I just find this: we all just steal Kirk's identity. It's like, why is there three <laughs> Kirk Pinchons? Um Three Kirks, too many. Three Kirks. The it's my new play. The third sequel my, to Chinatown, or the second sequel. <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, so the first story, I find, I just find this funny. Uh, so a couple days ago. Uh, basically, apparently, for the last 12 days, as of yesterday, or the day before yesterday, uh, Jared Leto, uh, f- famed actor, much maligned uh, uh, actor who played Joker in the Suicide Squad uh, movie, uh, as well as a ton of other things, uh, he had been isolated on a 12-day meditation retreat in the desert and so while he had no idea that any of this happened because he didn't have a phone he had no connection with the outside world he was just out on some retreat in the middle of the desert for 12 days and so he came out he got he came out and back into society like yesterday or the day before yesterday and just learned of all of this at once like, before he went in, everything was just normal. Everything was just like, oh, there's this coronavirus thing that's affecting China. Uh, and then he came out to this. And so he posted on oh, Instagram. It. He said, uh, wow, 
12 days ago, I began a silent meditation in the desert. <coughs> we were totally isolated. No phone, no communication, etc. We had no idea what was happening outside the facility. Walked out yesterday into a very different world. One that's been changed forever. Mind-blowing, to say the least. I'm getting messages from friends and family all around the globe and catching up on what's going on. Hmm. So. I, it's just, it, like, it just sounds so Jared Leto. Yeah. It's like, like the most Jared time. Leto thing yeah, ever. Exactly. You're like, oh, that's so on brand, dude. Yeah. That's yeah, so Jared Leto that it's almost like you you could imagine a scenario in which he, like, faked it. Like, you just, like, yeah. he's not, he's just lying yeah. and pretending like he yeah. did that. This is all yeah, like just to sound like to he's just so ethereal. And he's just like, I don't know what goes on in the world. I was in a 12-day retreat. What's going on, guys? You can't get all the news on the astral plane, you know? <laughs> I was just really connecting with myself, and then I came back, and this happened. Wait a minute. You guys also, I like have 45 seconds. Wait a minute. Jared Leto? Played the Joker in the Suicide Squad movie. The Joker is a notorious Batman villain. But then there's also another notorious Batman villain. And I think he's I think he's waking up. Oh god. Oh, hello. <laughs> it's Bane. It's me, Bane. I'm gonna finish his entire beer. I I I just came out of a 12-day meditation retreat as well, and I walked out into this world. You look really well-rested. Oh, man. I yeah. feel great. All of my toxins have been <laughs> have been purged out of my body, which is actually a bad thing for me because that's my whole character <laughs> is that I yeah. inject toxins into my body to make myself stronger and to, uh, you know, numb this chronic pain that I have from a mutilated face. So I don't even know why I did that. It was it was not good. Uh, but I came out after 12 days, and I find out that the world is in ashes? Why didn't I get to do this? I tried. Yeah, to, this is on you. I tried to leave Gotham in ashes, and it, it failed. And now a, a freaking virus just comes out and does the whole thing I was trying to do? <laughs> This sucks. I feel like you're kind of a yeah. You're a Bane. You're not the you're not the scariest villain. Yeah, I think the world is. The world In the end, man was the scariest villain of all. <laughs> I guess I have no job. No, I'm hey, irrelevant. Freelancer. I'm one of the people that the virus has displaced from his job. I'm in, I'm I'm there alongside all of those bar and restaurant workers. The retail store of clerks and Bane. <laughs> Where's my thousand dollars, Trump? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Bane. This sucks. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, and you can't go out. Oh yeah, you're stuck. You're not allowed to go outside. I mean, and your girlfriend's sorry. dead. Honestly, I, I, you know, I have a lot of social anxiety, so I, I'm, you know, <laughs> hashtag doesn't affect me. LOL. <laughs> oh, Bane. Oh, Bane. All right, well, I'm going to go rearrange hey. my sock drawer again, I guess. Bane, wash your hands. Oh, yes. Do, do you know the trick? You have to You sing happy birthday to yourself twice when you're washing your hands. 
Happy birthday. Happy birthday! That happy birthday song? No, the one that's, that's that goes better. happy, happy birthday from all of us to you. All of us to you. We wish. <laughs> and, what, and what's up with that too? For for <laughs> years, we had for for our entire lifetime, we had the joy of discovering the different original birthday songs that all the restaurants would come up with. So you'd go to a restaurant and they would have their own custom birthday song, and it was delightful. And it was all. It always made it more fun that they had this their own little special birthday song that they sang to you. And the reason for that is because the birth, the real birthday song, had a copyright on it, and technically you're not allowed to sing it in any commercial situation, or else you owe money to the copyright holder. But then a couple of years ago, the birthday song went into the public domain, and now they can just <laughs> sing it at restaurants. Well, not now, Bane, because you're not allowed to go to restaurants. And I'm glad, because that was the only fun thing. I lived for the birthday song. I told them it was my birthday every time I went to a restaurant. And when they said, you were here yesterday, and you said it was your birthday (laughs) then, I just placed my hand on their shoulder and said, do you feel in control? And then they sang it to me. (laughs) I... (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, that's I'm t- testing out some <laughs> testing out some stand up. Uh, anyway, all right, see you guys later. <laughs> oh, it's good to hear from Bane. Yeah, <laughs> I miss Bane. Uh, <laughs> next story. <coughs> I think I am going. Oh. I think I am going insane. Oh no. <clears throat> um. Uh. So oh, so we alluded to this a little bit, but here's some more details of it. So, uh, the movie Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel. It's a movie that's based on a comic book character uh, from Va- uh, Valiant Comics, and uh, it uh, it came out over the weekend, and it bombed. Uh, movies can often be a great form of escape during a time of crisis, but unfortunately, the crisis we currently find ourselves in, dealing with the coronavirus, has made movie going difficult. Theaters are cutting capacity, and in some cases, closed entirely. On top of all that, the message that's being spread far and wide is social distancing, a.k.a. stop going out in public, which means the the weekend box office was not great. In fact, the weekend saw the box office at a 20-year low. Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel, was the weekend's big movie, and it didn't do well at all. It took in around $9.3 million and landed in first, first place, which is bad news for a film that cost $45 million to make. Um, the Hunt, a film that was supposed to open last year but was pushed due to controversy and backlash, finally had its day on the big screen and only took in $5.3 million against a $14 million budget. Meanwhile, Disney and Pixar's Onward saw a 45% drop from last weekend. Um, in fact, according to Variety, the box office was the worst it's been in 20 years. Ticket sales in North America uh, were around $55.3 million between Friday and Sunday, which recalls the weekend of September 15th to 17th in 2000, when the total was $54.5 million. Uh, the box office drop-off is particularly uh, uh, bad for smaller movies, which have a hard time to begin with. As IndieWire reports, the acclaimed indie First Cow opened well the previous weekend, but ended up having a steep drop-off last weekend in the wake of the extended coronavirus news. Its total, $20,000. Um, and Oof. never, rarely, sometimes, nice. always, another highly regarded film took in $18,000. Um... And also, to put into perspective, 
this is the worst uh, weekend box office in 20 years since the year 2000, whenever uh, the weekend total was 54.5 million. But that was in the year 2000. That was 20 years ago. So adjusted for inflation, this weekend box office was way worse than that one. Um, and I'm always I'm always confused as to why these movie theater uh, box office things never account for inflation. Like they say, <clears throat> they say that uh, Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all time, but it's not adjusted for infla inflation. Ad adjusted for inflation, uh, I think I think Star Wars: uh, Empire Strikes Back is still the highest grossing movie of all time, or one, but whatever that's up there. But at any rate, if you adjust for inflation. Avatar is not the highest grossing movie of all time. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, I, I, th I think what ended up happening was I think that the studio uh, considering that all of these other movies were being pulled, so a bunch of the releases that were supposed to come out this weekend all got delayed. Um... And I think the studio kind of took the risk of saying, like, this might be a good opportunity because we're going to have no comp competition for big, like, blockbuster action movies. So this could be a great opportunity for Bloodshot to come out and own. And that, that risk did not pan out, and the movie tanked. So now what they're doing, and not only tanked, but it tanked big, like, really bad. So what they're doing, as I said before is they're going to release Bloodshot uh, for streaming for 20 bucks, and you get to own the movie forever. This is, I just, because I was very curious about how, um, it, you're basically saying September, 20 years ago, so the worst one was like September 20, uh, 2000. Yeah. was like, and I'm like, what shitty <laughs> movies were going on in the year 2000? So here's a cross sample. There's, Men of Honor, starring Cuba Gooding Jr. and Robert De Niro. Classic. The Little, the little Vampire. Classic. Starring, saw, starring uh, uh, Robert Lipnicki? Or, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan yeah. Lipnicki. Jonathan Lip, yeah, Jonathan Lipnicki. Is knew, nine pounds. Yeah, Jonathan Lipnicki. Uh, Pollock, good movie about uh, uh, Jackson Pollock. Great movie. Not a box office uh, no. uh, draw. Uh, went to yeah. it thinking it was about fish. Okay, here's, the, here's one. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield in My Five Wives. What? What? <laughs> it's what it says. Um, and then here's a real uh, 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 The Contender that came out. That was a big movie. Um, a movie with Kathleen Turner, Danny Aiello, Kathy Moriarty, and Harvey Keitel called Prince of Central Park. Huh. Um, Sexy Classic. Beast, which is That's a good a great movie. movie. Once again, not a box office draw, but yeah. a great movie. And then, Sorry, ben, ben Kingsley. Yeah. Oh. I feel like maybe one of you guys saw this. Lion in Oz. Lion what? in Oz? I oh, it's a you guys are Animated film set based on the wonderful world of Oz. Never heard of focusing it. Focusing on the cowardly lion. Never heard of it. Okay. All right. So that was that was your cross section of, of of movies in 2000, and still this year's worse. Yeah. Um, some crazy times. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, the next uh thing, oh by the way, 
when 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 one whenever uh, one door is closed, another one opens because obviously there's really not a lot of news about things being going into production or coming out or whatever. Uh, but it was immediately replaced by all of this news of how coronavirus was affecting uh, nostalgic pop culture. Um, so uh, it's being reported that, uh, you know, obviously we've been talking about this in great length, but as we're stuck at home, uh, we're going to become, except for, I guess, Kelby, uh, we're going to be more and more <laughs> dependent on uh, watching streaming stuff uh, to sort of occupy our time. Um, so obviously all of these streaming services, which have been ramping up and coming out over the past year, and we've been talking about them in real time, specifically on this show, as they've started to kind of get in the hopper and be released. And what great timing, because now they're set to basically become the primary source of entertainment for the entire country, if not world. Um, and it's being reported that right now, uh, Disney Plus is beating Netflix in the coronavirus streaming wars. Um, Disney Plus is coming out ahead of Netflix during the coronavirus streaming wars. The coronavirus pandemic has shut down the entertainment industry, causing numerous delays in production, as well as stalling the theatrical release of several big titles. Disney is aware of the usefulness of streaming platforms during this time and has taken recent drastic measures to deliver content to customers. Uh, many, of whom, many of whom are practicing social dis distancing and or quarantines. Such maneuvers have immediately put them a great deal ahead of Netflix in the coronavirus-inspired streaming wars. Uh, this past Friday, Disney announced that Frozen, Frozen 2 would be dropping on Disney Plus streaming platforms on March 15th. That's three months earlier than its original Disney Plus debut release date. Uh, the spur-of-the-moment decision was done to give families something to watch while they're all stuck inside avoiding the coronavirus. The same reasoning is behind why Disney is planning to release Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker on digital retailers three days earlier than expected. Uh, Disney is rapidly making vast adjustments to the streaming release plan to meet the demands of isolated viewers looking for entertainment. Uh, the same cannot be said for Netflix, however. As of this writing, Netflix has not made any kind of tweaks to the release schedule, let alone any modulations to better accommodate viewers looking for new content on their streaming platforms. This means their only feature film release on March 13th, 2020 was the mystery drama Lost Girls. For the rest of the month, Netflix's original feature slate is reliant on smaller scale thrillers and dramas. Such gloomy titles aren't the kind of escapism, uh, uh, escapist fare audiences tend to automatically turn to while seeking a distraction from events uh, of the coronavirus. Uh, Netflix's reason for coming up short right now in providing original movies for subscribers is their lack of fully completed productions to drop at a moment's notice. And it makes a lot of sense because right now, uh, yes, we're isolated and we're going to be watching streaming a lot more, but by the same token, these studios can't make any new stuff because they can't go anywhere and be outside and shooting anything. So at, at this point... Um, the, 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 uh, the new content that we can produce, uh, is restricted to, or the, the new content that they can release to give to us at this point is restricted to things that they've already shot and are done filming. 
and things that could be shot like in somebody's house with a couple people. Like, I don't know if you've seen some of these TV shows, like The Daily Show. They've completely shifted over to, like, basically the writers write the show. Uh, Trevor Noah records the show as, like, almost like a vlog format in his apartment. And then he sends it off to be edited. And that's what The Daily Show is right now. Mm. Um, uh, and so that's pretty much what what... That's that's the exclusively what type of content can be released right now. So at this point, the winner of the streaming war, or the winner of the content war, or the entertainment war is going to be whoever already has the most amount of completed projects already ready to go. Um, first of all, and then second of all, who has the largest pool of content available that they can release? And in both regards, it seems like Disney is in front because number one, it seems like they have more projects that they can that they're are done and ready to come out. And uh, number two, uh, they just have they have the biggest pool of existing content that they can give to us. Like they have all this Disney stuff that they haven't put on Disney Plus yet, so they can just be feeding to that feeding that to us on a slow drip for the foreseeable future, probably. Whereas what ne- about that Netflix? And uh, uh, Nickelodeon thing. Well, once again, yes, animation is probably more viable to produce during the pandemic. But it still requires resources that are kind of restricted by what's going on right now. I'm wondering if this is a good time for Netflix. Because, you know, you don't go on Netflix really for for classic movies or finding stuff because they don't have a lot of stuff except for new stuff. I wonder if this is the time where they just go, let's just start buying stuff. Where, who, who who's, has a... Who's who dying? Has, who died? Who has a, uh, a kaiju attacking their house? <laughs> I mean, it's obviously... Kelby, it's obviously Kelby. Kelby. Is that Kelby? Because all Are three of okay? us asked what it was. Kelby, give us a sign if you're okay. Man, it's, it's all gonna be okay, man. <laughs> Apple Plus been real quiet since this news broke. I feel Apple I feel Plus. like Kelby's in his feelings a little bit on, on this today. Like, yeah, right, like he's thinking about something. What, what what's going on over there? I'm like I said, Apple Plus been real quiet since we started talking about this subject right here, man. <laughs> Apple Plus might just have to buy Disney Plus. You never know. I mean, they might. They could. They might. They might. Um, uh, oh, you were saying something, Kirk, I Sorry. think. Oh, just that now, if Netflix doesn't have enough, you know, they're like, well, we don't have enough content because we can't produce anything new, then just go buy some old stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go buy a bunch of old movies from the 80s and 90s that you don't have on your platform and start streaming them so people can be like, oh, shit. Absolutely. Happy Together, starring Patrick Dempsey and Helen Slater. So I'll watch that. I would Classic. love. Nobody knows what that means. Or Can't Buy Me Love, starring, starring Patrick. Can't Buy Me Love, I'd see that. Starring, Can't oh, yeah. Buy Me Love. Starring Patrick uh, Dempsey. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, Nick Cannon. Enrico Suave. Love Spavi. Don't Cost a Thing. Love Don't Cost a Thing. The, the, pay, the awful remake of it. Oh, yeah, probably the um, awful remake of or, it. <laughs> which is ridiculous because Can't Buy Me Love's stupid. Or Love Potion Number 9. Ooh. Great movie. 
or Dream a Little Dream with the two Corys. Yeah, all, all those movies I mean, from the 80s. I Ooh. mean, just, like, start getting them. Is you think people a, would actually watch all those Corey old movies? And Corey? Uh, Wait, sorry, would you no, say there's, Kelly? There's, there's, there's not, but there's another, there's another uh, movie that has the word, the name Corey in it, that uh, is about two Corys. Huh? I'm, I don't know anymore. The Corey Feldman's documentary. Oh, the two Corys, yeah. Oh. Um, uh, but yeah, they could just buy stuff. I feel like if it's yeah, going to be extended, then don't worry about new product. Just. Get some old product and throw it up. Yeah, I mean, I don't that's know not if old though. Like, will people want to go back and watch these old '80s and '90s movies? Once I see those movies, I'd be skip. Well, well <laughs> first of all, Kelby, well, I I feel like you you are talking about every. You're talking from a perspe- perspective of the way that things were. If if they're just if once again, I'm I'm just speaking worst case scenario. If like we all got like globally quarantined and nobody was allowed to leave their house for like a year because they are because if you read the news the the united states is is preparing for a pandemic up to 18 months yeah how crazy uh which isn't necessarily saying that's going (laughs) to happen but they're just they're preparing for that as a worst case scenario i think next week is our last week yeah, to alive? be alive. 100% not. No. That's that's 100% <laughs> not, not not the, how it's happening. Um, you don't think so? No, it's definitely not. Like at at minimum it's a couple more months. Uh Oh, before we're complete quarantine. The before then. No, before it, before, we, before it, it ends. Out of here. Oh, before it ends. Yeah. Oh, I thought Kelby was saying that we're going to go under complete lockdown. And no, no, no. That that might happen like, in a matter of days. You you see the whole, th- yeah. Oh, yeah. you see all the stuff about people like on on spring break just being like, I don't care about coronavirus. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> of course they're from Florida. Pe- people like that are gonna are gonna cause the government to enact Shut martial law and force us to stay yeah. inside, as opposed to giving us the option. Um, but uh. If we if we got if we got into a, a situation where like everything was shut down for a year, nothing new could be produced. Uh, there was no new uh, anything that was coming out. Like you're gonna change your perspective on that. You're gonna you're gonna be going back and watching old stuff. I mean, maybe not you, because as as you said, you apparently don't care about watching TV. But no, I probably just people who want anything. people who watch TV and want to watch movies. I talk about this so so much on this show. I've talked about it so many times. Whenever I was a kid, there just wasn't as much content. They start, uh, cable TV became a thing, but there wasn't enough content to fill up twenty four hours. So they started just pumping in a bunch of old stuff, and we ate it up, like because it was there and it was something to watch. And twenty four hour TV was a new thing. So, you know, you watched it and you liked it. And you appreciated it because there wasn't an, a whole lot of other stuff to watch. And that's, Let me ask this question: All these movies I'm talking Kirk. about, like when, those movies I just talked about with Kirk, like Can't Buy Me Love, Love Potion Number Nine, tons of other ones. These are movies that I watched when I was a kid on HBO, like just sitting there watching TV, and that's just what was on. These old movies from the late '70s and throughout the '80s that I wasn't old enough to ever have watched. Those. Right. Let me ask this question, then. Kirk. You put yeah. on a movie from 1985 for your kids. They're gonna sit there and watch it. Uh, it depends on the movie. Like they, uh, they loved uh, Ferris Bueller. They think it's amazing. 
there's a movie from 87 that my daughter watched called uh, Adventures in Babysitting with Elizabeth Shue. Okay. She first of all, uh, Adventures... First of all... Everybody watched that. Elizabeth Shue is a national treasure. <laughs> yes. Facts. And I know that no that email. term is thrown on lightly, but that is not... That's, this is the truest it's been. Second of all, Adventures in Babysitting is amazing. <laughs> it's, it's one of my it's great. genuine all-time favorite movies. I love it so yeah. much. It's so I've great. I've seen it. Uh, and second of all, highly recommend. We know that this would happen because, as I said before, when we were kids, it's a different time. That's the thing. When we were kids, we could watch a Hanna Barbera. But you cartoon keep you, you keep talking you keep talking as if the paradigm of society is not rapidly shifting as we speak. Like it well, was the, it was a different time, and now it is another different time. Yes, <laughs> what I'm saying is as as children, we're able to watch those Hanna-Barbera cartoons and be totally fine watching them. And I think it just didn't quite register like, hey, we're watching something that's 40 years old or 30 years old. But today there is so there's an emphasis on new like things look totally different. Like as my roommate was scrolling through Netflix yesterday and we saw um, the trailer for a Rugrats movie that came out in 98. I was just like, man, this movie is kind of unappealing. Like at the time when it came out, I was like, wow, this looks amazing. And now today, I just, I just looked at it and was just like, that doesn't look good. Like it doesn't look like something I would want to watch. Um, so that's that's just where I'm coming from. But And I'm thinking about like kids thinking like watching these old cartoons. Like I don't know if that appeals to them. I mean, I'm not saying that – I'm not saying they won't ever watch it, but I'm just wondering like – would they would they be interested in it? I don't know. I mean, it, I mean, it all depends on how you condition them. Because like you're talking about kids who were never exposed to that kind of stuff, and like they were never they were never exposed to watching black and white movies or whatever. So when they see a black and white movie, they're like, oh, black and white. But that's what I'm saying. But my, but like Ephraim and I, we watch old stuff all the time. Like I, I I watch old things with my son, and he loves it. He 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 doesn't he he likes stuff from the 90s from the 80s. We've watched stuff. We've we've watched stuff from the '60s and the '70s, and he he likes it. And he it's it's all about exposure. If 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 he gets older, and when we watch things, if we watch, if we continue having a more diverse set of things that we watch, like he's he's not gonna care or, or see a difference in them. Mm. All right. Well, I guess we'll see. You know, just based off of what I'd be hearing, like the young kids talk about online and stuff, like oh. I, like when things get old and they're just not interested in them anymore, they just don't go back to watch them unless it's something that's within their time. You know, like check out what movies you guys started referencing and then listen to what Tyler referenced. Tyler referenced Love Don't Cost a Thing, a Nick Cannon movie, which came out in like 2002 or three or four or something like that. You guys are referencing movies that came out in the 80s or 90s. He's not interested in no 80s or 90s movies. He's referencing things that he thinks is nostalgic. That's the point I'm trying to make. That's I don't not, think they're gonna go. That's not true. He's got a he's got a point. But uh, you're you're talking about like you even you even told me about all these random movies that even I had never heard of from the '90s. You were showing me all those movies with that well, kid yeah, from Malcolm but, in the Middle, and I was like, "How have I never heard of this well, before?" I yeah. I, well, that's okay. Fair, fair. What I mean is, I agree with the sentiment that Kelby's getting at that that what I find nostalgic is very different from what you guys find nostalgic. 
and moving forward, I don't, oh, think, obviously. I don't, I don't think the younger generation now is going to find the things that we find appealing, appealing. Well, of, that's all of, I'm cor- of, of course. Of course. But what I'm saying is whenever I was a kid, Looney Tunes, those Looney Tunes cartoons were made in the 40s. Right. They shouldn't have been nostalgic to me, but they were shown to me, so they are nostalgic to me. I'm not saying that... But I think the thing is about those f- 40s cartoons, like cartoons in the 40s, uh, all the way up to like a certain point in the 90s, yeah, they look different, but for some reason they kind of still fit in. But looking, look at the like HD looking cartoons where everything looks all crisp and nice today versus something that was made in the early 90s versus something that was made in the 50s. They're totally different products. They're totally different. Then it's not the same. Hey. Yeah, to compound I mean, on I don't, I don't... point, it feels like uh, the idea that that since even since we were young, the the technological growth that we've had was has been so exponential that that we got to experience those older things as as kids, even Kelby and myself. Uh, but the younger generation doesn't know anything about it because they're yep. so far in the technological future that they have no reference. I don't, Correct. I don't, I don't disagree with. Anything you guys are saying, I think that you are right as of mm-hmm. currently. What I'm saying is when things start to change, and especially if they continue to change drastically and for an extended period of time, these things are not necessarily relevant anymore. We're going mm-hmm. to live in a different landscape. Where I guess what I'm trying to say is I would... They're going to be forced to like it. Well, or watch kind it, of no in well, a way what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is I would there's a there's a morbid part of me in the back of my mind that would love it if something happened to where we just couldn't make movies or TV shows anymore we just we just our ability to produce new content was taken away from us and we had to go back to the way that things were when I was a kid where there wasn't enough content to constantly feed to people and so we had to look back and look at old things and recycle them and repurpose them and do things like have horror hosts who would take old B movies from the 50s and play those on a TV channel at, at like midnight or whatever with a host who would introduce the show like the Crypt Keeper and be like welcome to uh, you know Sven tonight we're watching sea creatures from the planet Borpul and it's gonna be a real hair of a time, and then play the movie. Was Bane a horror host? <laughs> he, horror host? You don't, you don't know his original career before he got the mask. Um, no, wow. There, there's a part of me that would just really love if if we did that, if that happened. I'm, I'm not sure I feel that way, Let's but I understand it. it. I'm okay with it. I, I agree. I think um, mostly the idea is going to be the, or the, the process is going to be uh, both. It's going to be a super lack of original content, and then people are just going to be going back as far as possible to see not only what's entertaining, but what they can turn into entertaining content now. More reboots, more, uh, more uh, remakes. Yeah, I mean, you're actually, you're not wrong, because I was reading some stuff that was basically saying that exact thing, um, that once... Uh, the economy stabilizes and everything opens back up, um, that movie studios will be even more incentivized to not take risks because of the unstable nature of the movie industry at the time, 
how how unstable everything will be at that time that they'll be even less likely to want to take risks on original IP and that if we thought that uh, media was oversaturated with reboots and remakes before it's going to be like twice as bad now and to the point where it's almost going to be like that might be the only thing that is produced for a while as as movie studios de-risk their production slates um, I know a lot of indie movies that could get bought right now so that might be another route too especially on streaming where it's just like you know it doesn't you don't lose any money putting it on your service you know it's just an upload so yeah um so another another strange way that this uh that the coronavirus is affecting us so the Rosie O'Donnell show is returning for one night and I, I, I bet only Kirk knows what the Rosie O'Donnell show is. How <laughs> dare you? You weren't old that's enough. That's Trump's favorite. That's Trump's I wasn't, favorite I show. I wasn't old enough. The show. That's Trump's Rosie O'Donnell show girl. ended in two thousand two. You were a. You were a no, tiny. By the way, God, Donald Trump. You were a Donald tiny. Trump and Rosie O'Donnell hate each other. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, that's, I, I yeah, that's yeah, a yeah, long. I thought that was Rosie or uh, Roseanne. No, that's no, a that's a Rosie long O'Donnell. that's a long canonized feud. Since oh, since wow. since back in the day, since the Rosie O'Donnell show existed, yeah, uh, Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell have just hated each other, and they've like mm-hmm. taken shots at each other in the media. Um, Rosie O'Donnell doing the Lord's work. Um, so uh, remember the Rosie O'Donnell show, Kirk? Yes. Kirk. <laughs> uh, before Ellen yeah. DeGeneres became the ultimate daytime talk show host, Rosie reigned daytime TV, chatting with some of Hollywood's biggest star- stars. Um, the show ended in 2002 after six seasons, but now it's coming back for a one-night-only special for a very important reason. It will benefit the Actors Fund amid the coronavirus pandemic. The one-night revival will air on Broadway.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and will be live-streamed on Broadway.com's YouTube channel. Um, of course, it wouldn't be the Rosie O'Donnell show without plenty of famous guests who will be participating live from home. You can expect performances from appear- and appearances by stars like Sarah Jessica Parker, Matthew Broderick, Darren Chris, Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> Adele Dazim, aka Adina Menzel, um, Billy Porter, Kristen Chenoweth, Skylar Aston, Titus Burgess, and more. Um, in a statement, wow. Rosie said, "After all Broadway has given to the world, now it's the time of tre- uh, in its time of tremendous need. It's our turn to give something back. There is no better way to support this community than via the Actors Fund. And with a lineup like this, I dare you not to tune in." So I'm not gonna tune in. Wait, is this like a, <laughs> a call in thing, like an old school phone bank? No, it's just oh, it. I don't. How are they making money on it then? That was my question. How are they making money off the YouTube channel that they're doing? I mean, maybe it is like a th- call in. I don't know. I okay. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they just are gonna have open donations to the Actors Fund while they're while they're yeah. Going. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it's needed because I mean, Broadway is 100 percent dead. Yeah. So many, I mean, even, you know, in smaller theaters that I know of, shows that were going to be up are done. Shows that were, my show, I had a play up in Chicago that was in the middle of the run. It got canceled. Oh, That's I didn't even it. think done. about that. Yeah. Kirk. Yeah. I'm yeah. So sorry, Kirk. Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. And it was doing well. It was recommended. Whoa. It was up for some nominations and they're just like, shut it down. This is, this is, this is Thomas Lennon's production company all over again. <laughs> I can't believe you remember that. Yes, Holy because shit. I have a memory that lasts longer than a day, Kirk. 
I remember <laughs> things. I remember things that are said to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, all of all of theater, not just Broadway, is just you know in the toilet because you can't you can't put up a show and shows that are were in rehearsal are done. Shows that were being planned are done, and they don't know when they're coming back. Three weeks. So it's huh? it's much needed. I'm curious, like, how are they going to make money off it? But hopefully they do. Even though Kelby's like pass. By the way, That's all, by the all way, the people in there sound like they're from 2002. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, they're all they're all Broadway stars. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, everybody knows that uh, the the Broadway staples of today are the television and movie stars of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, we should all just go complete bubble boy. <laughs> Actually, I, I had the thought before. I was like, I was like, what if we all just wore hazmat suits? Couldn't we just couldn't we just go out if everybody just wore hazmat suits on the, like yeah? Could we just could we just live our lives as normal if we just had Everybody's hazmat suits on? worried about like the government stimulus and and one point five trillion. You could save a shit ton of money just by giving everyone a free hazmat suit, two free hazmat suits. If I'll take the cash. Yeah, I'll take the cash. If that thing is not hugging <laughs> my, my waist right, I, I don't want it. Yeah, uh, the hazmat suit will mess up my hair. I don't want that. Facts. That's insane. No email. Um, if <laughs> give me the money. I mean, I've really thought about this, and I've been like, I like. There's obviously something I'm. I'm. I'm not one of those people that just like has a thought and then just thinks that I know better than like professionals who actually know what they're doing. But so there's clearly something that I'm missing. But I really have had the thought of like, what? It, why don't we just put on hazmat suits? Couldn't that just solve the problem if we just all yeah. wore hazmat suits? There's there's uh, there's street. probably some kind of reason why that's not a viable thing. Um, but it seems so obvious to me. Yeah. Um, also, Andrew, we're running out of masks. You think they're gonna make enough suits? <laughs> I mean, if they if they if sure. they focused all resources on producing the suits, that might you know that would that might be more economically viable than what they're doing now. They um, should ask fashion. And there Nova are to make the there suits, are so. enough masks. People are just hoarding them, and the government didn't stockpile enough. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I had another thought is I think this might be the first episode of Nostalgia Cast that I could actually I don't have to market it as explicit when I post it oh. uh, because I know I'm I'm not cursing because I'm at home with my kids. I'm assuming that it's a similar thing for Kirk. I don't No, Fuck that. <laughs> God dang it, Kirk. I wanted to mark this as, <laughs> as not explicit. Uh, oh. I don't I don't know what what Kelby and Tyler's excuses are, but I don't think anybody has cursed this whole time. I've. I, I have might dogs have. in the house. I'm not gonna curse in front of my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna curse in front of your dog. Um, I'm not a cursor. I don't really curse that much. I guess you're. I guess yeah. True. I guess that's true. That's true. Kelby's classy. Um. Uh. Yeah. So that's it. Uh. Good nostalgia cast, all, guys. I, just when I <laughs> no. just when I thought my mom had finally stopped using the phrase "cutie patootie." Oh, I use that every day. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell's coming back to replant it in all of our minds like a virus. I, I rock. Yep. Little Maybe she'll do that thing where she does the little mini uh, slingshot that she would shoot out little yeah, toys the, the to the Yeah, the ball slingshot? Yeah, the ball thing, yeah. Man, late 90s were a wild time. <laughs> Things are crazy. I want, I want everybody to bring their late 90s uh, talk shows back. Ricky Lake. Oh, yeah. Uh, Maori. Montel Sally Williams. Jesse Raphael. Still uh, on fucking TV. That guy that opened a safe on live TV. Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo Rivera. No, we don't want him. Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> um, Arsenio Hall. Oh, wait. He already did that, and it failed horribly. 
Hey, hey. <laughs> why did you, why did you hey. intentionally do Hey. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We don't, don't besmirch do Mr. Hall on don't this podcast. Do His video is doing well. Um, so here's, here's, a little, here's a little levity for this time of crisis. Um, so rec- uh, recently on a past episode of uh, Nostalgia Cast, we talked about how Robert Downey Jr. said that he was willing to come back to the MCU, but he had like this crazy price that he that he was asking and basically the whole thing was like he doesn't want to come back he this is just kind of a joke that he's saying like yeah sure i'll come back if you give me this insane amount of money that obviously you wouldn't give me uh so now in the wake of Doolittle flopping at the box office which did not (laughs) flop because of coronavirus it flopped all on its own he has lowered his asking price so uh, I get it because, like I said, he produced that movie. Him and his yeah. wife, team, team. Yeah, that's uh, right. Team Downey. Yep. Team. Bad Even students. though Tony Stark sacrificed himself to save the universe during the climax of Avengers Endgame, marking what was reported to be Robert Downey Jr.'s final act as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the speculation surrounded surrounding his return to the franchise that turned him into one of the biggest movie stars on the planet has never really gone away. A cameo in Black Widow is all but confirmed at this point, and uh, but, and with uh, Natasha Romanoff's solo outing set to be a prequel taking place directly after the events of Captain America Civil War, there is at least a narrative loophole where this appearance makes sense in the context of the story. In regards to a full return, we've previously reported that Downey Jr.'s asking price was a stumbling block in negotiations, although he's rumored to be more open to the idea if he's given the chance to work with protege Tom Holland again. However... It seems like RDJ's first non-MCU movie in six years has dented his bargaining power a bit. According to sources, Doolittle bombing spectacularly at the box office in the wake of an awful re- in the wake of awful reviews has seen the actor become more reasonable when it comes to financial terms of a new contract, and he's open to accepting less money to return now. Uh, By wh- the way, this is what uh, Doolittle did. It had a budget of one seventy-five and a global box office of two twenty-three point three. Ooh. Yeah. See. So. Yeah. And when when you factor in the the marketing money, which you can assume was a hundred million dollars, then that becomes like maybe maybe breaking even. Um, it'll eventually make a, a profit um, on streaming and stuff like that, but it'll take a very long time. Yeah. Um, while nothing is set in stone as of yet, it seems unlikely that Iron Man will be brought back to headline more major MCU blockbusters. Um, with our intel indicating that he'll instead have a small recurring role in a proposed Ironheart show on Disney+. Plus. Um, so yeah, mo- mostly that's just a rumor, but u- ultimately oh, okay. the thing is that people are saying that he's basically like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it <clears throat> for less money. Maybe I'll do it. Uh, sure. Um, uh, in another... In another uh, famous actor potentially joining a cinematic universe news uh ryan reynolds has reportedly passed on joining the dceu due to green lantern um the dceu as we know it exists because of green lantern with the embarrassing critical and box office failure of the movie resulting in a shift in strategy from dc and warner brothers who decided to turn their attention to building a shared cinematic universe similar to their counterparts over at marvel studios instead of launching a series of solo movies with no connection to each other. Of course, star Ryan Reynolds has never shied away from the fact that Green Lantern marked one of the worst entries of his entire filmography 
and has poked fun at the movie repeatedly over the years. As recently as yesterday, in a coronavirus message to his fans that doubled as a St. Patrick's Day greeting, and if it weren't for his love of Deadpool and the decade he spent trying to get the Merc with a Mouth solo franchise off the ground, the whole experience may have put him off starring in comic book blockbusters for good. It's been reported that Warner Brothers wanted him to join the DCEU as Booster Gold, which is kind of like a C-level DC character um, that they're trying to turn into a movie franchise now. Uh, but we've now heard from sources that while an offer was made, Reynolds almost immediately turned it down based on his experience of working for DC on Green Lantern. Not to mention that having recently just taken Deadpool over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as his outside interest in the cell phone and gin business. Uh, you can understand why one of the biggest movie stars in the world wouldn't be keen on the idea of tying themselves down to another franchise for years. So we ain't getting Ryan Reynolds in the DCEU as Booster Gold. Does anyone care, like, Booster Gold? Like, seriously. What, I think a lot of people... I, that seems like a made-up No, name. there's... A, Booster Gold is a is a beloved uh, tertiary DC character. A lot of people have love for Booster Gold. Do you feel, though, that, like... And also, you know, really, to, to put good. that in perspective, nobody gave a crap about Iron Man or Thor or Captain America. But you knew those names. Yeah. Those were at least names that you knew of. Do, I well, mean, like, I don't... Thor, the Hulk, but... and Captain America were names. I don't think anybody really knew who Iron Man was before the Iron Man movie. I don't think that any listen... that was a known commodity. If you listen to Black Sabbath, you did. <laughs> that, but that's why. That's what people knew it from. Yeah. I'm gonna but say Booster Gold just sounds like randomness. Booster Gold sounds like a flop, and... <laughs> I don't. I don't care about Ryan Reynolds. What? Wow. Yeah. What's going on with you? What? Yeah, you're you're taking Ryan Reynolds. You're taking this harder than we are. I think. Yeah. No, no, no. To me, Ryan Reynolds is one of those guys that, like, I feel like they tell you that you have to like, and then I watch him and I just say, "Why do I have to like this guy?" He's that to me. Wow. Like I have always, I can pass. Yes. Have I seen what? Uh, voices. It's a Ryan Reynolds movie. You know, the funny thing yeah. is, I, I have never seen that movie. I don't think he's bad either. I just like... Voices is great. I love Voices. He doesn't touch me. You're just indifferent to... Um, yeah. Like, I don't dislike okay. him. I just, like, don't care about him. Like, if I hear news about him, I'm just like, oh, good for him. And and also, by the way, it wouldn't necessarily be, like, Booster Gold, like, as a movie, as a thing. Like, oh, here's the Booster Gold movie. Booster Gold <laughs> is a part of a... Uh, a superhero team called Justice League International um, mm-hmm. that has some other characters like Blue Beetle. They're kind of like uh, it's it's kind of the equivalent of um, uh, what is, what is the team called that that the uh, booster team? What the booster team? No, it, it's they're they're the equivalent of the street level Marvel team that Luke Cage and Jessica Jones uh. are in. The defenders. Uh, defenders. It's it's uh, it's like the equivalent of the defenders. Oh. Uh, oh okay. So it would it would it would it wouldn't be like oh here's Booster Gold movie. It would be like a, uh, a Justice League International or JLI movie with all these other characters. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Kelby. Yes. Michael B. Jordan or Ryan Reynolds. Mm. No, I didn't think you'd have to think on that. Wow. Yeah. There can only be one. There can only be one. Damn, he's so much worse, but I would have to probably choose Michael B. Jordan. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. He's so much worse than Ryan Reynolds <laughs> as an actor. But I would choose him just because, like, I like him. <laughs> oh my oh. god. Well, as vintage Kelby. Yeah. And uh, All right. our last piece of news before we go take a break. Um, who knew that something so dark would be the light in a dark time? <laughs> Preach. Robert Smith says The Cure will release a new album soon. Good news, Cure fans. <laughs> After nearly 12 years, Robert Smith and company are going to be releasing new music. Their, latest, their last release was 2008's 413 Dream. Previously, Smith, Smith said that there were three Cure albums in the works, speaking with NME after the band was honored at the publication's 2020 award ceremony. Um, He's, now he says that there are only two albums in the works at this time, and the third is a solo record. But we're about to get a lot more Robert Smith slash The Cure in our lives. Tyler, and that's, you look and that's something to look forward to. Tyler was shaking his head. Yeah, Tyler looks disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> I am super disappointed because all I've been doing while Andrew was talking was trying to come up with the coronavirus, the cure joke, and they, nothing came to me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were disappointed because he didn't say it was Rascal I, Flats. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is their farewell year, and I don't get to go on fucking oh. tour because it's the goddamn coronavirus. So I need the cure. Found I mean, it. if anything, you found you're 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 not the person that failed. I'm the person that failed because I, my my little thing of like uh, something so dark could provide light, like that was my segue, and I should have done something with that as the segue. <laughs> the, yeah. I should have said like we have the cure for the coronavirus or something like that. Oh. Like, I'm I'm yeah. the one who dropped the ball here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. I agree. Um, but also, um, Kelby, you really hurt me now. I like the cure. I love the cure. I like. I like. I love the cure. Yeah, I, I say this. I like the cure, but I like the women that like the cure more. Oh yeah. I said that just because my wife is right next to me. Is she a Cure fan? Or are huge. You just trying to get in trouble. Yeah. Okay. No, she's a huge Cure fan. What's, what about, the, what's their biggest what? song? I don't know anything about them. Just like heaven. Okay. Um, love cats. In between days. Boys, you guys have names of songs he will never know. Boys, why can't I be you? Boys don't cry. All right, I'm gonna check it out. End the break. I'm gonna check it. Out. It's yeah. Um, it's very. You 80s. probably know Friday. I'm in love. That's the problem. The yeah, album. you know that one. That's a good call. Yeah, that's it. Um. Okay, I'm gonna check that one out first. Yeah, I'm excited. I I, I love the Cure, so I'd like to hear some new music. Uh, and yeah. on that note, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to do our regular segment. Can you go for that? We're back, and we're up one Nostalgia Cast member here. Woo. Um, say hello. Say hello. Say with your with your voice. What is your name? Big and, Man Eve. Uh, and we're we're gonna do a, a regular segment where we talk about uh, rumors and unsubstantiated. Uh, news in the nostalgia sphere and talk about whether we think it's a good idea or not. This segment is called 
can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, can you? Oh, can you go for that? Can you go for that? Can you go for that? Got a couple stories for can you go for that? Two here. I hesitate to bring this one up because I know the immediate reaction that's going to happen. I know exactly what you people are going to say. So you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get ahead of it. I'm gonna cut you off at the pass. So oh hey I'm back everybody. Oh god. I I couldn't rearrange my sock drawer anymore. So apparently. The Austin Powers director says he's open to a fourth film with Mike Myers. <laughs> the, <laughs> Keep going. Though Mike Myers star is though Mike Myers star isn't what it once was. You probably still remember back during the Austin Powers movies were a cultural sensation. For a long time, conversations everywhere were full of catchphrases, <coughs> in jokes, and bad impressions which I have never done, inspired by the Spice Boo films, until everyone kind of got over them. It'd be fair to say that the series was a bit of a fad and only held its popularity for a limited time. But if an Austin Powers 4 ever did materialize, there's no doubt it'd be pretty sizable audience based on nostalgia appeal alone. In an interview, the Austin Powers director, which, as a fun side note, he directed that movie Bombshell. <coughs> that was a bombshell. Said, I wouldn't say never, never. I'm always game for whatever Mike Myers wants to do. It does depend on Mike having something that he's inspired about. And so far, after all these years, it hasn't quite clicked yet. So what do you think? Kirk? <laughs> I can't go for that. Um... I like the first Austin Powers. I love the second one. The third one was kind of dumb. There's been too much time passed, and I'm like, I'm good. I don't need it again. Wow. Full stop. You don't even mention Goldmember? Yeah, Goldmember's not that good. It's dumb. Despite that Shagney is the best one. Goldmember Gold connects every loose end they, that was in the first to third films. Goldmember is my wife's favorite one. No, no, it's tired by then. It's, it's tired. And... Beyonce. Yeah. That's why well, it's bad. She's no Solange. Hmm. Kelby, what's your thoughts? Oh, yeah, Kelby. Um, yeah. I can't go for that. I, I, I'm talking about I, I don't. I don't think we need this. Like, it, it's been quite some time, and... Um, I don't know. It's just not interesting. Like, it's not something that... Uh, I think anybody's looking for or you know it just gives me like a it does it doesn't do anything good for me so you know and it and it like I'd understand if people were struggling like if Mike Myers was like yo I cannot get a job anywhere I need something I would be like all right well try to do that maybe people would want but it seems that he's doing just fine so why uh, why yeah yeah I'll tell you Tyler? Uh, on my end, it's a resounding, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> I'm now, that was a good it. bane. That was a good bane. 
Yeah, no, I love it. I anything anything Mike Myers fucking uh, <laughs> Ephraim, sorry. Um, anything Mike Myers, I'm here for. More Austin Powers, more Wayne's World, Cat in the Hat too. Give it to me, y'all. So I married an axe murderer. Yeah, that was he and I married an axe murderer. He was in it multiple times. He was the like lead in it. Father. I didn't even I didn't even watch those. I'm sorry, but I'm here for it. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I can go for that for basically the same reasons as Tyler. Like, can you talk in this? <laughs> I can go for that, despite the fact that I usually like watching movies of characters water in it. talking to it. It's water. Mm-hmm. You can drink it. I will. I usually like watching movies with characters that sound like me, but in this case, I'll make an exception. <clears throat> I can go for that. I love Austin Powers. I love Mike Myers. I think we need a little bit of that bright, shining star in our lives right now. Give me an Austin Powers movie. I can't. Hey, right. can, Ephraim, can 50, you go for that? 50. Can you go for that? Yes. Say, I can go for that. <laughs> Say, I can go for that. No, just say that. Say I say the words. I can go for that. Say I. No, don't no, don't, don't plug that. Time. Say say I can go for that. He's being coerced. Does does it upset you that Ephraim's bane is better than yours? Here, say say uh. Say what a lovely, lovely voice. <laughs> He's not having nope. it. Uh, and uh, this has been uh, another edition. Wait, I thought you said he had a couple stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, there's one more. Did what? I got I got so <laughs> sidetracked with this Bane thing. This side. That's not a that that's there's nothing on that side. That's not the microphone part. Um. Oh yes. boy! I'm talking in it. I am. Don't talk in it. Why? <laughs> I'm talking in this part. <laughs> but that's not how it works. They won't be able to hear me if I talk in this part. You talk in that part. You talk. Now, that part. Ephraim. Okay. Ephraim, would you okay. be interested in telling me what the next you thing I can go or not Do go it. for? I'll, I'll he can't hear this. you. <laughs> oh. You talk in that part now. Okay. So this, the last story, uh, last rumor is that uh, <coughs> Joker 2 is in early development. Uh, and it will be set <coughs> years after the... It. <laughs> 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 It'll be set years after the first. Uh, <coughs> Todd Phillips' Joker may have been bigger than... <laughs> I'll talk on this side. Okay. Uh, they won't even hear you, you're right. Uh, Todd Phillips' Joker may have been a bigger hit than Warner Brothers was anticipating. The wholly original origin story, which stars... Don't break that. Um, which stars Joaquin Phoenix in the titular role, has made nearly $750 million at the worldwide box office amidst tons of controversy and contention from critics. And audiences like yes, 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 um, yes. sources are saying that a sequel to the Joker is in the early stages of development over at Warner Brothers, 
with the studio fully intending to continue Arthur Fleck's path to, inf path to infamy. Um, according to the sources, the film will take place several years after the events of the 2019 <laughs> Golden Lion winner. Uh, will focus more on Arthur's rise as a criminal in Gotham City rather than his descent into madness. What what is the Golden Lion part? What am I missing like on a, that? I don't know. Uh, just some reward that it won? I have no idea. And right now, the Joker's sitting at worldwide box office one point zero seven four billion. That's yeah, a yeah. massive Ooh. hit. That's a big hit for uh, Warner Brothers, who distributed the movie. They also were part um, part of the production side. Um, that's that's a that's a big 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 hit for them, um, and 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 an unexpected one too because the movie was only made for I want to say. 50, 55 million, 55 to 70 million. Whoa. So that's a big, that's a big, massive hit um, okay. for them. <gasps> that's a ridiculous amount of money. Yep. I think I do want to go sideways. Uh, I missed the last part of what you said. You from the hole. I want to hear. Uh-oh. <laughs> Hold on. Me... We're almost All done right. here. Um... <laughs> So, okay. So, yeah. So, anyway. Uh, this is the best. Uh, Kirk. Yeah. I, shockingly, having just seen the Joker and thought it was just okay, I can go for that. Oh. I want to see more to see if it gets more interesting. It gets done better. Um, like I said, I didn't hate the first Joker. It wasn't mind-blowing. So... I'm willing to give it another uh, another chance, so uh, I can go for that. Huh. I I didn't I honestly didn't expect that. I can I can yeah. say. Just based on two nights ago, I was like, yeah, this is good. Let's uh, let's see what more they can they can do with it. Um, I watched the first movie. Just like Kirk, I wasn't like extremely impressed. Um, I, f I I thought it was fine. Um, visually, it was nice and. Um, I think the writing could have been better. Um, I, I thought that he did just too much laughing. It was just like too much for me. But I can go. It just is <laughs> too much. That. It was just too much. Oh, um, my God. Kelvin. <laughs> what? I just, it got annoying after a while. I was like, okay, I get it. He laughs at a lot of things. But like, I think they could have just trimmed it. Like We could have gotten the point. But anyways, um, not a review of the movie. But um, I do think I can go for that because uh, – Watching that first movie, it definitely had those like origin feels to it where the story is incomplete. So, um, you know, it ends at I think he's like escaping from a mental facility, something like that. He's escaping or he's running around or something. So it's there's clearly a lot more to the story that needs to be told. And I hope that in the next one, it can get even like it could dig deeper into what this first one did, because this one is definitely like you know, uh, introspective, like what's going on in his mind. Um, there's a little bit of violence and everything. So I want to just see it like go full, full force, see what happens. Yeah. I would like to see it. And in, in one of those things of like, it either gets way better and you're like, Oh yeah, they got it right. Mm -hmm. Or it gets worse. And we're like, nah, that's it. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah, that definitely in that space right now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Tyler, can I, I do, can I, can I give my answer in a Bane Im impersonation? No, don't do that. I mean, it can't. It's going to be better than Andrew, so sure. No, nope, right, right. never mind. You can't do it. <laughs> no, I need. I want. I want to. Yeah, go for it. All right. Oh, he's going. He's going canless. Irish Bane. Oh yeah, yeah. 
You go without the the bottle. No bottle. Yeah. Oh boy, can I go for that? It's gonna be my favorite movie. <laughs> that was my Bane impression, guys. That was, was really good? good. That's good. I'm I thought that was Mickey Mouse. Ephraim liked it. I hate you. I hate you guys all. You're you're betaing me in front of my son. Oh, that it sounded exactly like Mickey Mouse. Yeah, that was spot on. Do you wish your dad could do a Mickey Mouse impression as good as that? I can do a way better Mickey Mouse than that, right? Go for it. Do it. Do wait, Mickey Mouse off. So go ahead and give your thoughts on the Joker doing Mickey Mouse, Andrew. Go. Well, the thing about this is, I haven't actually seen the Joker. Oh, oh, oh. <coughs> <laughs> oh boy, are you missing out? Oh boy, it's not all so I haven't actually seen it. So it's hard for me to give any kind of opinion on that. But I will say, I kind of get the under, I kind of understand the general gist of it from reading about it and seeing what the story is. I'm not gonna do this anymore. This is ridiculous. I can't, I can't, I can't process my thoughts and also try to do this impression. Ephraim, who was better, your dad or Tyler? <laughs> yeah, Tyler won. Who was better, Tyler or me? Thanks, Ephraim. Who was better, Tyler or me? He doesn't know who Tyler is. Who was better? He don't want to disappoint his dad. Who was better, Tyler yeah. or me? He froze. He's frozen. It's okay. <laughs> Don't put, don't put, don't put that child in that place, man. He innocent. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen the Joker still, uh, so it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, I'd love to see a Joker too. But I will say, I I know the gist of what happens in the Joker, and I know that for the large, for the most part, it's kind of it just really it, it could just be a different movie. It's just it could just not be called the Joker, and it could just be this other movie about this guy who just like is dealing with mental illness and it causes this whole thing to transpire and that it almost kind of feels like the name Joker has just been slapped onto it. Um, and with what they say, the rumor is of what this movie is going to be where it's like jumping ahead several years to like his rise to power as a crime boss. I, I would be very interested to see a move where they basically take this movie that on its surface just has nothing to do with the real like main Batman canon and then they over a, over the course of a couple movies they connected it with the with the like main overarching Batman franchise like i would mm -hmm. love this idea if they do this uh this this is the the, this would be amazing if they did it like this. The Robert Pattinson Batman movie comes out. And it's about whatever. I don't know what the movie's going to be about, but it's him fighting Clayface or Killer Croc or something. Um, and then another Joker movie comes out. And that's about him like in the late 80s or the 90s like becoming a crime boss. And then, like, another Batman movie comes out, and it's about him fighting uh, Solomon Grundy or something. I don't, I don't know. And then another... Uh, he's, he's, I think he's fighting Solomon Grundy. He is? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, Ephraim knows who Solomon Grundy is. And then a third Joker movie comes out, and that's about him, like, almost in modern day, after he's just totally went from crime boss to, like, he finally just becomes a full-on supervillain. And then another movie comes out after that. That's that modern-day Robertson Patton... Robertson, Robert Pattinson Batman against the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And they've completely melded those two franchises, developed them both individually, and then crossed them over. Joaquin Phoenix is already, like, uh, 40 in the uh, in the Joker. Yeah, I mean, that was a thought that I had about just even the idea of it fast-forwarding <clears throat> several years for a sequel. is like, he's already kind of older. Right. So... I guess it would be like, but also like, I don't know. I feel like they could make it work. They I don't probably think, would. Just like to be clear, I don't think that the thing that I just described. I don't think that's what they'll do, but it would be cool if they did. Right. It'd be cooler mm-hmm. if you did. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, so yeah, so in that scenario, I can go for that. In general, if they don't do that, yeah, sure. I, I'm sure I'll see Joker eventually, and I'm sure I'll think it's fine. And sure, I want to see. I like Joaquin Phoenix, so uh, so I, I guess I'll. I guess in that, in that best case scenario, I can go for that. But I'll even hedge my bets and say that even if they don't do that, I can go for that. Nice. Hold on, I gotta do this. Here, you, you do this part. Here. So, this has been another edition of. Can you go for that? Oh oh oh. Oh can you? Oh can you go for that? Oh oh oh. Oh can you? Oh can you go for that? Oh oh oh. Oh can you? Oh can you go for that? Can you go for that? Can you go for that? I like how like I like how it's a slow clap. It's not even like a clapping. It's like a it's like a slow '80s movie slow clap. Yeah, it's genius. He's not clapping. <laughs> he's doing a fist. He's putting a fist in his hand. Oh, is he? Yeah. No. Is he really? You're gonna fight someone? I think he's no, clapping. It's, a slow clap. it's definitely a slow clap. It's Pressing. a slow clap. You see? Oh. Oh. No, he's he's, he's got oh, no, he's got one hand, hand like hand this hand and then one hand like this. that, and he's going. Oh. Yeah. That's creepy. Um. Look, look at those. Look at those. Look at those things. Look at that. Ooh. Look at that. Um, last story of the day before we wrap things up. Um, this is very strange to me. This is one of the strangest. Out of all of this situation, the whole coronavirus thing, this is the weirdest thing to come out of it so far to me. So. Are bookers? Go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, uh, during a recent White House press conference, uh, the, a White House doctor said that millennials need to stay healthy because they're good at video game speedrunning. Uh, during a White House pre- press conference, the Trump administration's Coronavirus Task Force Response Coordinator, Dr. De- Deborah Burks, called on millennials to take the threat of infection more seriously. Why? Because they are part of that group that brought us innovation, particularly throughout all of their ability to look around corners and skip through games. She went on to say, I always went level by level. I didn't realize you could go from one level 
so from level 3 to level 7. That's what they've taught us. They look for things that we don't see. We need to see them to be healthy. And if you don't know... What, if you, if, yeah, what is speedrunning? If speed you don't running? know, uh, in the world of video gaming, there is something called speedrunning. And <coughs> basically speedrunning is when people uh, get take a video game and a lot of it is like old video games. Uh, but there are some newer video games that get like speedrunner communities built around them. And uh, and basically the they'll take a game and they'll figure out glitches in the game to exploit in order to beat the game as fast as they can. So to use just a specific example to just most clearly like uh, illustrate the point. Um, Ephraim, stop pressing what? that. What? If you if you press stuff, you're gonna mess this up and it's gonna end it. Um, to 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 most clearly illustrate the why point. Why stop doing that? No, I'm. Why would you want to stop it? I'm in the middle of doing it. Why would you want to do that? You wanna you wanna say goodbye to them and them to go away? Oh, never mind. So, uh, sounds right. Good cast. Um, the so basically, I think. I think this happened relatively recently, within the last year or two, that the world speedrunning record for Super Mario Brothers was broken. And so basically somebody, I think it, let, let, me, let me look this up really quick. Uh, uh, so, the, so the world speedrunning record for Super Mario Brothers, the one for the Nintendo, that you know you're aware of um was broken in uh what's the time what's the date on this so in 2018 uh a speedrunner named cosmic beat super mario brothers in four minutes and 55 seconds and there's by cheating well by exploiting exploiting <laughs> glitches so using like using like the warp pipe trick where you on the second level you go up into the ceiling and come down and then you can go to like level 7 or 8 or something and then like there's all there's all these like little different glitches that they do where they can like like there's random glitches in old games where like it's like oh if you if you stand on this brick like right at the edge of it and then you turn around and then you then you jump up you'll like fall through the background of the game and then you can just run to the end. And there's all these different little tricks and glitches. And <coughs> over the years, speedrunners have figured out all these different glitches and they become like common knowledge throughout the community. So you have like hundreds and hundreds of people in different speedrunning communities who are all trying to beat the last record. So there's people, uh, you know, the person who beat that record in 2018, they beat the record by basically beating the previous record holder by like mere milliseconds so like that that record was beaten by somebody by like shaving off a couple of milliseconds to their time um and there's huge speedrunning communities around individual games so it's not like a speedrunner who speeds runs a bunch of different games it's like you become a super mario brothers speedrunner or a super mario brothers 3 speedrunner or you become a like whatever metroid prime speedrunner or you become a uh 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 like a resident evil 4 speedrunner and you 
you dedicate yourself to the craft of beating that one game as fast as you can, and you become an expert at that. And there's communities built around it, and fans who love to watch these. They go they go to like competitions, and they they watch these things as a spectator sport. Um, these people make tons of money doing it. Um, they they are known in their in the communities as these like these like celebrities basically um and there, there's big communities built around this on the internet um and uh so that's what speedrunning is if you didn't know and so it is so weird so strange so surreal that in this white house press conference that this white house doctor even knew what speedrunning was let alone that she was using that as a frame of reference for why millennials are like innovators of society and why that they needed to say healthy because they're the type of people who innovate in our society so bizarre my only hypothesis is that in the way that the trump administration does everything they were just like transparently trying to appeal to the youth and some researcher somewhere in the white house was like talk about how they speed run <laughs> and this lady had no idea what she was even saying and somebody just wrote this into her speech for her in some weird naked attempt at appealing to millennials and that's just what they thought of to do to appeal to millennials and speak their language in some way. And this lady didn't even know what she was saying. That's my only hypothesis. I fully buy that hypothesis. <laughs> it couldn't have even been better if she just at the end had gone and hip hop, you don't yeah. stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and then just ended it with that because they have no clue how to reach young people. Yeah. Uh, I really want to believe that your hypothesis. That sounds right. But because speedrunning is not a well-known thing in no, a broad sense. <laughs> I thought they were talking about speedrunning, the actual art of speedrunning. Well, that's speedwalking. I thought they were talking about speedwalking. I was confused. Nope, they were talking about they were talking about beating old video games fast. Yeah, that's a I, whole other topic. What was it? It was about the coronavirus spreading? Or it was about why we need to stay it home? Was, the remark came after she cited unspecified reports out of France and Italy that many people, many young people have fallen seriously ill due to coronavirus. Um, she wanted to speculate that this may be the result of younger people thinking the virus is only dangerous to older people and those with pre-existing med medical conditions. So essentially just trying to mitigate the, the, uh, the fact that uh, you know, basically in response to stuff like the whole spring break thing where people in Florida are just like going to the beach and partying uh, they were doing a press conference where they were basically being like uh, you know contrary to what people are th thinking right now uh, the coronavirus can actually be dangerous to younger people so please stay, in please stay inside and uh, you know we need you because you're good at speed running that was, that was essentially <laughs> what it was I wouldn't be surprised if she just has a son or a daughter or something that just into it and she just is like, oh, my son does it. Yeah. So, you know, just one of those. So that means all the kids like it. Let's it, yeah. let me talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can but, see that, too. Yeah. So do you guys think the idea not to get in uh, as least political as possible? 
do you think the idea behind what she was saying is right? Like the that like she could have never thought to jump to level seven. Is she is she getting at like that? Maybe younger people have have a better uh, chance of fixing some of these problems. It's but they have to stay safe to survive. I mean, so two things. Number one, no matter what older people think. Which is kind of funny because a lot of people like make fun of millennials, but they are millennials. Like a lot of people don't realize that they are millennials, and they they're like mm-hmm. stupid millennials. And it's like you are a millennial if you were born if you were born after 1982, you are a millennial. Um, so I find it funny when people uh, talk crap about millennials whenever they are millennials. Um, uh, and a lot of times I think they're thinking of Gen Z whenever they're trying to criticize younger people. Um, yeah. But no matter no matter what you think about how like the next generation is dumb or lazy or whatever or entitled or whatever, uh, objectively it's just true that uh, whatever the next generation is is the one that's going to be kind of like running the world at some point. And so currently we're kind of on a precipice of like, for better or worse, whatever you think of millennials, we are inheriting the earth right now we're in that transitionary phase where we are inheriting the earth um so it stands to reason that even if you're right and even if millennials are trash um they're gonna be the ones they're gonna be the ones making the rules so we need to stay healthy because we just have to because we're the gonna like uh boomers are gonna be too old to keep sticking around and being in places of power and millennials are going to be slowly inheriting that um so you know for whatever you think it still seems like a a good general thought that like millennials need to be smart and stay safe and healthy because if millennials are are taken out if if there's a huge uh epidemic or pandemic of uh millennial age people getting the virus and becoming infirm or dying or whatever like that's a that's really bad news for society and the global economy and all that stuff um but number two also you know secondarily uh that's none of that stuff is true and it's statistically proven that uh millennials are they are uh a very uh a very uh uh, what what is the word I'm trying to think of? Um, they are they are a very uh, adept. A, I, 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 it's uh, it's ironic that I'm failing to think of this word right now. They, <laughs> they are a very. It is it is statistically true that millennials are a very innovative generation. Uh, right. We 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 start businesses. We figure out how to make monies in ways that other generations you know just didn't think of doing. Um, we know, you know, we, we are like the generation of work smarter, not harder. Uh, so where a lot of people label it as laziness, but in reality, we're just really good at figuring out how to make things more efficient and make money for doing less work. Um, so, uh, it is true that we are a very innovative generation, not to say that Gen Xers or boomers or, or Gen Z are any less innovative, uh, but we're innovative in a way that's very relevant to how society works now, uh, which makes sense because we, we've grown up in this society. So, you know, we just we just we're we've been uh, we've been uh, we, we, uh, we've been born into it. 
You merely adopted modern society. By the time you were an adult, it was merely technology. Um, you know, we were we were born into all this stuff. <laughs> I love it so much. It's it, it, this whole pandemic was worth that. That <laughs> that emoji. It's the best. Um, uh, you know, we we've we've been born into it. So you know, we're just we're innovative in a way that is very relevant to society now. So. Regardless of whether this was cooked up by some speechwriter and this lady has no idea what she's talking about, and regardless of how weird it is that she chose speed, video game speedrunning as like the the illustrative like thing to like hang this point upon, I think it's a good point, and I think it's actually true. And it's like weirdly a coherent message. It's weirdly coherent messaging coming out of the White House right now. Not that it makes up for anything yeah. else, but just in this weird little case, yeah, this is actually good advice that is making a good point, in my opinion. Yeah. Don't go to the beach. Yeah. But it, 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 yeah. it just it speaks, <laughs> I, once again, not to get too political about it, but it speaks to how serious this issue is that even the White House is like, we're not fucking around anymore. Yeah. No more flim flam. No more... No more uh, sugarcoating anything. No more pretending like everything's fine. This is real. You need to listen to this advice. Facts. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean that's that's the show. Uh, before we get into the signing off thing, I just really want to end this uh, by just quickly saying, you know, jumping off of what we were just talking about. Um, you know, if you're out there listening, I hope you are are staying happy, safe, and healthy. Um, and uh, you know, I'm not here to try to fear monger or try to like instill fear in people. Uh, but I do think that uh, you know, from our perspective, whatever whatever respect you have for the words of four guys doing a nostalgia podcast, um, I do think that uh, what's going on right now is something that we all should be taking seriously. And I don't think it's anything to have a go into panic mode attack. Panic mode for. I don't think you should be freaking out and thinking that your world's gonna end and that you're gonna die. I don't think that you should be like buying three pallets of toilet paper and hoarding things in your house like it's you know like like a nuclear bomb is gonna go off. Um, but I do think that you should be taking these uh, CDC recommendations seriously. I do think that we should all be practicing you know social dis distancing. Um, we are here uh, at NostalgiaCast. You know we're working from home. Uh, we're, we're telecommuting. We're doing the podcast over Skype, like you can see right now, um, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're practicing these these uh, recommended uh, methods by the CDC because I think it's the smartest thing to do right now. Um, you don't want to uh, take the risk of exposing yourself to the coronavirus, not only because it endangers your health, but even if you did get coronavirus and it, it didn't affect you that much and it was just regular sickness and you kind of got through it, um, you know, you could affect people around you. There are there are there are immune uh, immunocompromised people and and people over the age of 65 that are at a much higher risk of being negatively affected by the coronavirus. And if you have the coronavirus, even if you're fine, even if it doesn't hurt you or kill you or really have that big of an impact on you, you could pass it to somebody else who it could hurt or kill. Uh, and so, you know, I would highly recommend that you, you know, you, you practice social distancing, you hang out in your house a lot more often, 
you don't go to big crowds, you don't go to events, you don't, you know, further, you know, the irresponsible um, uh, continuing of big crowded events that are happening right now. Um, when you do go out, you know, you stay, you keep your distance from people, you, you stay, you know, at least six feet away from other people. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, just, you know, wash your hands, uh, you know, often and, uh, you know, for longer than you probably are doing right now. I think they say th they recommend that you, uh, you know, when you wash your hands, you sing happy birthday to yourself twice. Um, as, as our friend Bane was talking about earlier. Um, that's a good rule of thumb. Uh, for washing your hands, uh, and yeah, just stay, just stay safe, stay vigilant, and uh, hopefully our show is providing at least a little bit of a of a reprieve from your isolation, uh, and hopefully we're providing you with a little entertainment during this whole uh, dark situation. Um, and on that note, <laughs> um, for the. Uh, for the audio listeners at home, I don't think we've ever actually acknowledged this, but for the audio listeners, we are doing the podcast over Skype, and uh, you can do emojis on the Skype call, um, <clears throat> and uh, the, the the emojis will fill up your screen, and, and uh, Kirk has been slow clapping me uh, several times throughout <laughs> the show, and I, I enjoy it immensely. It's really um, great. On that note, uh, if you like the show and you haven't already, uh, subscribe. Um and if you and if you really like the show and you really like what what you're hearing, uh, please go onto the Apple Podcast app and give us a five star rating and a review. Um, even if you don't use Apple Podcasts uh, to listen to podcasts, um, but if you do have an Apple ID, an Apple account, uh, you know, and it and it's convenient for you to do so, uh, go onto the Apple Podcast app and give us a good rating and a review. It really helps out shows to get those five star ratings and, and reviews, um, and it would help us out a lot uh, if you did that. Um, you can uh, follow the uh, continued uh, adventures of Nostalgia Cast, whether it's updates about the show or all the other nostalgia content we do on a daily basis by going to our Facebook page, the official Nostalgia Facebook page. Um, just search Nostalgia on Facebook, and that's us. Um, you can join our Facebook group, the Nostalgia Facebook group, by searching that in groups. You can follow us on Instagram, at Nostalgia. Um, and uh, if you have any uh, questions or thoughts or concerns or anything that you might want to be read on air for the show, uh, if you want to give us uh, an update on what you're doing. Actually, let's, let's put this call to action out. Um, not that I expect it to happen because we've literally never got a single email. Uh, but email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com and tell us what you're doing to keep busy during the quarantine. What, what stuff you're watching how you're how you're keep occupying your time how you're keeping busy let us know and we'll read those accounts on the show um and we'll continue to update you about how we're keeping it occupied during this whole thing um yeah thanks for listening